Serving Johnson County, Texas. Joko Community Radio. Hello, and welcome everyone to How to Be a Human with Tatiana Miller. It is the holiday season, and with that comes a lot of good things and a lot of stressful things. Um, I had a lot of great feedback from last week's show, which was about how um, our overall collective health is deteriorating. And we spoke specifically about our educational system, our medical system, our government systems, and how all the conflict, chaos, and unknowns that abound us are um, really affecting our youth and affecting our ability to be well. So today, um, we're going to do kind of a second part of that, but I'm going to give you some very deep insight as to why we continue to do the same things that are taking us to the same results. So a lot of that has to do with the fact that we are not taught and we, those of us that are taught, uh, it becomes really challenging to really listen and look for feedback or seek out feedback or take the feedback. I know that right now in corporate America for a lot of people, it's time for their annual reviews, which tends to cause a lot of anxiety. Um, a lot of fret about what's going to happen. And then also with ourselves, I I sort of see uh, the holiday season as the annual review of the families, right? What's going on in in family dynamics? Are we still mad at Uncle Bob? Are we still feeling resentful about things? Uh, Or are we in a different place, in a good place? Um, And then there's also this sense of where am I at the end of the year and where do I want to be next year, right? We have New Year's resolutions and this is all about feedback and feedback um, has so many different um, contexts and so so many different moving parts. I always try to emphasize about our self-awareness and our self-reflection because ultimately that is what can help us be better in our relationships And so feedback really starts with your internal, your ability to really pay attention to the feedback that your physiology is giving you, meaning your your biofeedback, right? Is my heart beating fast? Are my palms sweaty? Do I feel myself going into hyper alert? Um, Does my stomach hurt? Have I forgotten to eat? Um, This happens a lot for people that are go-getters and that are, you know, caretakers, they forget to take care of themselves and they neglect their own biofeedback. And then of course there's our feedback that is programmed to help us, right? And those are our emotions, that energy and motion within us that is giving us data as to how we're perceiving what's happening around us or the things that we haven't resolved that tend to stay inside of us. And We also have moods, and moods are the background of your conscious life, Um, and these moods are sort of what we tend to 
throw out for others to feel our vibes. Um, and that's what we remember the most about people. But the main thing with feedback is that as we practice and learn to listen to our internal feedback through self-awareness and reflection, it allows us to be better with our social awareness. It allows us to be better with how we connect to others, how we build relationships, how we repair um when we hurt others or when things aren't going the way that we want them to go. And in, in this, this, this is important in any organization, whether you're a school teacher or you're just a stay at home mom or you're retired. Um, feedback is what can help us, um, solve our problems, right? Because we cannot solve our problems with the same thinking we used to create them. That's what Albert Einstein said. And he was talking about physics, right? Like if we know this isn't working and if we know that what must come up must come down, why are we pretending that it's not going to be that way? It's the same definition of craziness, right? Having the same outcome over and over again and doing the same thing. And we know that that doesn't work, but that's one of the main reasons of why we are where we are. Uh, if we know that we're not in a good place, why are we continuing to do the same things? If we know that we made a mistake and people are letting us know, hey, you hurt me, hey, that was not right. Hey, that didn't give us the outcome that we needed. It's, it's your, okay, what is more telling about who you are and your character is not if you make mistakes. Mistakes are needed. Mistakes are showing that you're trying. You're at least doing something. You're being proactive, right? Rather than being stagnant or fearful or scared or not doing anything at all. So, Mistakes, mistakes are needed for us to grow, but with the understanding that everybody is going to make mistakes, it's more about what you do after you make the mistake that shows your real character, that shows if you're really vested in that relationship or if you're really in tune with, with listening, listening to your own feedback, listening to others' feedback. And when we just keep pushing forward or ignoring the feedback is when we end up in situations that are probably not what we want, right? They're probably not what we aim. And so when we negate these, this feedback that we, we, we could be getting from the external environment, we could be getting it from a person, we could be getting it from having the same thing happen over and over again, then you're hurting yourself internally. You're, you're actually creating um, consequences for yourself that are just going to continue to grow. So feedback is a great way to release the things that are ruminating inside of you that perhaps are just trolling on around you that another person has no idea that's there. Or maybe they do know, but they're not quite clear as to how did we get here or how did this happen? Feedback's also an opportunity to provide clarity or get clarity. Most often, miscommunication and misunderstandings are a result of lack of clarity. So 
I have an expectation of something, but if the other person doesn't know that there's that expectation, there's going to be a misunderstanding. There's going to be hurt feelings. There's going to be resentments. And people aren't mind readers. We could be great. We could be great parents. We could be great engineers. We could be great lawyers. But if we're not clear on the expectations of the other person, we're going to let people down and they're going to let us down. So clarity is really important. We can only get clarity through feedback, through asking questions, through being able to listen. And feedback's also a way to improve outcomes, to improve processes, to improve being in alignment with yourself and with your goals and 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 to be present for your family. And It's also a great way to keep us feeling safe. So psychological safety is something that every human, every human wants and every human deserves. And through feedback, we can make sure that people feel comfortable with us. We can make sure that we are giving respect because respect is earned and trust is built. And through feedback, we can make sure that people feel like they can trust us, that we can feel like we can trust them and that they feel respected and that we feel respected because oftentimes People don't feel respected for simple things. It could be that you just come from different cultures, which I'll get into it a little bit later. So let's start out now by understanding a big consequence of not listening to your own feedback of your body, of your emotions, of your moods, um, or the feedback that is coming at you from a relationship or in a work situation. So we know that anxiety disorders are being diagnosed rapidly. They're the highest they've ever been. But anxiety disorders and and the sensation of anxiety is very much correlated from people not even not being able to manage their emotions. And this results in physical symptoms. So this sense of overwhelm, the sense of feeling out of control, the sense of not knowing. So I had a conversation with somebody yesterday and they kept saying, I need to make a decision, but I don't have all the facts. And I pointed that out. I said, it sounds like you're trying to make a choice and you don't even know what the choices are. So how can you make a decision when you don't have clarity as to what your options are? And sometimes we're so deep in the situation and the problem and the obstacle that it's hard for us to see past that. This is where feedback can be so valuable. So I said to that person, so it sounds to me like you don't have clarity as to your options or your choices. And so, you know, what was the reason for your call? And they said, all I need to do was, was to call you. And I said, okay, great. So let's, let's make a list of the things you need clarity on. And once you get feedback on that, and once you know your options, then you can make a decision. So that's when sometimes, you know, leaning on people that you trust can be really helpful because they can see the bird's eye view and, and you're just stuck in the problem. So when we're feeling anxious, our body is going to give us symptoms, It's listening to our body's feedback that can allow us to move past the anxiety, right? Get through the anxiety. These symptoms are going to be things like feeling your stomach drop or nausea. Um, Gastrointestinal issues are very, very closely linked to gut feelings. That's a thing, right? People say, listen to your gut. Well, your gut's going to tell you when something's not right. 
your heart's going to tell you. Your heart has its very own nervous system. You've heard of being heartbroken. And that's true because your heart feels, it feels the betrayal. It feels the wound in the relationship. It feels the void. It feels the fear. And so listening to your body's symptoms is one of the most important ways for you to learn to utilize feedback. Your body is so brilliantly designed to help you. Muscle tension is another feedback that we ignore because you are holding, you are holding things that are not serving you through that tension. And all that tension means is I don't know what to do with it. So it's just going to get stuck here, balled up. That's why we make fists when we're angry or we want to defend ourselves. That's why we clench our jaw. That's why we bite our lips. That's why we create tension in our shoulders. All of that is feedback. We have to self-reflect and dig deep in order to figure out why we're getting that feedback. So that's your... That's an example of physiological feedback that we get that we don't listen to. Changes in appetite are another big uh, physiological feedback that we often ignore. Minimal headaches often are representative of psychological things that we're not wanting to deal with. There's a story, a case study that I studied in grad school about a gentleman that um, was basically forced manipulated, kind of backed into a corner into getting married by the girlfriend. And his feedback, his internal feedback, his emotional internal feedback and physiological feedback was telling him, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. So he describes getting engaged and starting to have all these gastrointestinal issues um, and headaches and just ignoring them and not attributing them to that. Finally gets married, goes on the honeymoon, half his face gets paralyzed. Has to leave the honeymoon. They were on a train, has to leave the honeymoon, go to the hospital, get checked out. Neurologists are like, we nothing's really wrong. We can't figure out what's going on. Starts working with a therapist, paralysis leaves, and he's he's able to fully function in his face. And the reason for this is because he was finally able to verbalize, I did not want to get married. I do not want to be married. This is not right for me. So he was finally able to listen to his feedback and the physical symptoms disappeared. Okay, I have a question from a listener. When someone judges how you perform or your choices, let them stand or walk in your shoes. Correct. That's part of having empathy. But a lot of people are so reactive, are so caught up in their own story that they don't take the time to understand Hey, maybe there's things I don't know that are going on because we're not asking for feedback, right? We're not we're not asking questions to get clarity. We're not we're not giving the person an opportunity to share with us what's actually happening. The listener says then feedback becomes looking at what is going on from your own baggage. Yeah, because that's how you're showing up to the situation with your perception. You're showing up to every situation with your hurts, with your strengths, with your weaknesses, with what with what's on your mind that day, with your pain, with your dreams, and so is the other person. But how are we supposed to know that unless we're asking for feedback? Great point. Thanks for sharing that. And we know that people who acknowledge and share their emotions 
tend to be statistically happier than those who don't because they are acknowledging their feedback and they're expressing their feedback, which is allowing others to kind of not have to, you know, be tiptoeing around them. So let's talk about your inner guidance. You've heard this term, you've heard, um, you know, people saying, listen to your gut or, or what does your heart tell you? This is all about your inner guidance. This is that inner feedback. And there's two things that come from that, aside from your physiological symptoms, which are a result of your emotions and thoughts. So emotions and thoughts cause physiological symptoms. Emotions and thoughts also cause moods. So I want you to think of moods as the background of your conscious life, right? It's the background on the set of the theater play. That's the mood, right? When you go to a play and they open up the curtain and you look at this, the background and whatever's drawn on there or whatever mood they're setting, right? That's the mood. And the moods can last hours. They can last days. And those are compounded, right? And sometimes confused with our emotions, that energy and motion, which is front and center. It's boom. It's right there. And it's focused in a result of what's happening in the moment. This is where mindfulness and the ability to be present and the ability to say, okay, this is what's happening right here, right now. Not what happened this morning, not what I think is going to happen later on, but boom, right here in the front and center are your emotions. And those emotions are like clouds and they shape shift and they're short lived. This is why we should never, ever, 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 ever react to our emotions. Now, we feel our emotions. We recognize that feedback as I'm upset, I'm sad, I'm triggered, I'm angry, I'm resentful, I'm jealous, whatever it may be, right? We recognize that front and center and we know it's short lived. When we recognize it, when we can voice it, when we can express it, however we need to, whether that's through writing or sharing or calling somebody that you trust and saying, and I did this with my mom the other day. You know, I'm crying, I'm reacting, I know I'm reacting, but I'm doing it in a safe space. And she's sitting there, she's like, okay, just don't react, calm down. I'm like, I know I don't need to react, but I need to vent, right? And that's where, that's where having a safe space to work through your emotions is very important. We don't want to hold them in because then we get the tension, the knots, the nausea, the headaches, the stomach issues. We want to listen to this feedback and utilize it. Because here's the important thing. If you take one thing from the show, remember, you can dial a mood or emotion up or down. It's like a radio, old school radio, where you turn the knob. That is the power of being human, right? We can rationalize. We can access neutral, which is our goal. When we're feeling overpowered, overwhelmed, anxious about what we are noting, what the feedback inside of us is, remember, you can dial a mood or an emotion up or down. And it is your choice. And this has to be practiced. Mindfulness is a great way to do that because you become very present and you notice and you start to pick up when you're being triggered as to whether you're going to allow that to happen or not. So it goes back to um, the theme of the show today, which was we cannot solve our problems with the same thinking we use to create them because thinking creates emotions, shifts our moods. Our emotions are a result of the thinking that we're doing. And so 
if we know that, we know that we can't keep staying there because it's going to create the same results. So this is where we dial up or we dial down. And emotions, we shouldn't see them as good or bad or moods, good or bad. We should see them as information like um, a stove. So we made some soup the other day. I touched the soup. The soup is cold. Could be that I'm sad, right? I turn the heat on because I can dial my emotions up or down and I start to feel the soup get warm. And so I have that same control. I can make it super hot. I can make it lukewarm. So it's all about how do I need to show up for myself right now? If somebody's coming at you and they're throwing hate and they're throwing darts of, of, of um, darkness towards you, the question isn't, oh my gosh, I'm worthless. Oh my God, I'm not good enough. Oh my God, you know, I don't deserve. Whatever they're trying to make you feel, the question is, how do I need to show up for myself with my thinking? That's how we're going to dial the emotion up or dial it down. Same with the mood. So I see I have a, another question or comment from a listener. Somebody says, just thinking of receiving feedback makes me feel stressed, fearful, anxious, and in a huge defensive mode. Well, yeah, <laughs> because we're all harder on ourselves than anybody could ever be. And that's the truth. So we create <laughs> these stories, right? And the most common reason of why we avoid feedback is because we don't like conflict. Who does? Some people do, right? There's the psychopaths and the sociopaths and the manipulators and the narcissists that feed off of it. But remember, they are outliers and their intentions are different than the average person. So of course, we feel stressed out when we need to, when we know we're going to receive feedback. And I'm going to go into how to receive feedback and how to give feedback in the next segment. But that's a great question. But this, this fear of conflict that this listener just mentioned is a result from deep rooted fear of, of upsetting others. And it stems from environments where we were either dismissed or we were hyper criticized. So it could be that you had, you know, a, a, an environment growing up where you were criticized all the time or always put down or never given a compliment. That's where we were dismissed. So the next comment is, whomever voiced their own, th own thoughts, what does the listen how does the listener handle this? <laughs> so remember, we're all showing up with our wounds, our hurts, our, our conflicts, our baggage. And so you have to understand that what, I, what something means to me might not necessarily be what it means to you. And I found this magazine that I had, um, which I loved, which it's a National Geographic uh, edition of The Science of How You Feel. And I was looking through it yesterday when I was preparing through my show, and I found something that um, I think helps us understand how we all see things differently and show up differently. So it's an interesting experiment about how we sense people's vibes, what they're putting out more than we hear their words. So it was an experiment done by a professor in the university, uh, in the, the Tilburg University in the Netherlands. 
and they found that people viewed criers, people that cry, as kinder and more reliable and remorseful compared with non-criers. So this debunks the myth that criers are seen as weak and less competent. When we see somebody allowing themselves to be vulnerable and showing how they really feel, we tend to trust and believe them more. But most of us are scared, right, to give the feedback, to be honest, to to be our authentic selves out in the world. So there's an exception, though, right? So this debunked the myth that criers are seen as weak or less confident with one exception. In the experiment, the observers could tell who was the fake crier. So when we're being dishonest with ourselves or with others, we know. Others know. We know when we're lying to ourselves, right? It creates further physiological consequences in us as when we hold anger in or resentment in. So the study showed participants, um, people who were crying, and people whose tears seemed seemed to be fake were judged more harshly than the authentic criers were assessed as less honest and reliable. So that the author puts in the story, if you get pulled over by a cop and you generally feel like crying, go for it, but don't expect to get out of a ticket with crocodile tears. <laughs> and you can see this in children, right? When they're like, ah, versus really feeling and, um, and trying to express themselves. And this is where we start to be trained. So I came from a family where there's a lot of feeling. <laughs> there's a lot of expression and emotions and, a lot of passion, right? We're Mexican, there's Italian, there's Spanish in my family, um, Scottish. And so I'm very comfortable with feelings and emotions. And I I was never told not to show them or express them. Compared to my husband where nobody ever really expressed or was allowed to express their feelings. And so there's, there's a big difference in our ability to handle other people's emotions and express ourselves. And so when these two different types of people show up, they're coming with a different perspective. They're showing up differently. But what we can both sense is the reality, the authenticity of what we're putting out there towards the other. And this is where feedback is important. Somebody might be saying yes, and you're like, I don't believe you, right? As the person that whose face got paralyzed because they didn't want to get married. And we have to remember that when we're receiving feedback, which is where we're going to go into in the next segment, because fear manifests in us and makes us defensive or in shock and numb or paralyzed. But we cannot let fear dictate how we move forward or how we receive. And this is where we all get stuck. And we'll be right back. Science 101 East Renfro, Sweet San Bernardino, Texas, can handle all of your graphic needs. Need a banner or promotional products for your business? They got you covered. T-shirts and caps for your group. All you need to figure out is if you want them screen printed or embroidered. 
How about some slick graphics on that hot ride to make you stand out from the crowd? Accelerated graphics and signs can handle anything you throw at them. Located at 101 East Renfro Street, Sweet C in Burleson, Texas, go in and see them. Call them at 817-991-0523 or reach them on the web at www.acceleratedgraphics.net. They are loud and proud and want to serve you. Accelerated Graphics. Fast Track Student Loans can get your student loans out of default, stop any wage garnishments, stop collection calls, and stop seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and get your student loan payments down to as little as $25 a month based on what you can afford to pay. 800-709-4395. Out of date carpet giving you the blues? Tired of your old dingy and broken tile? Let my friends at the floor store in Cleburne, Texas give your home the makeover it deserves. This is old Taco Joe coming to you for the floor store. Whether it's carpet, tile, wood flooring, or real wood laminate, the floor store can cover all of your flooring needs. Located at 405 West Henderson Street in Cleburne, Texas, owner Brent Harris can help. Shower tile, tub surrounds, even backsplashes. Give them a call today at 817-641-9444. The floor store, they've got you covered. Welcome back to How to Be a Human with Tatiana Miller. We're coming live to you via Joko Community Radio. and We're proud to be the voice of Johnson County, Texas. And we're live 24-7 on the TuneIn Radio Network. So TuneInJoko.com is the place to find all the ways to listen and watch to this wonderful, wonderful station. Please make sure to check out our lineup at JokoCommunityRadio.com. And this episode and more are brought to you by Patriot Claims, making your insurance work for you. So make sure to reach out to your Texas sales rep at 844-839-4245. And be sure to dress your arms and more at TheTiffy.com. So welcome back to the show. We're talking about feedback. We're going to shift now into um, how to give feedback, how to receive feedback, how not to let feeling threatened or fearful get in the way. And I want to start out by telling you why I chose this topic. I told you a little bit on the beginning, but I'm all about helping people achieve well-being and nurture their well-being. And well-being is a direct result. I want you to think of it as an equation. Motivation plus momentum equals well-being in every aspect of well-being, whether it be your physical well-being, your emotional well-being, your financial well-being, your relationship well-being, we need to have motivation. Motivation stems from a why, and we need to have momentum. We need to be putting forth energy and effort into something, right? I asked this question on a training I did yesterday, and I got some interesting answers. I asked the question, if when you are having a relationship with somebody, only one person is putting forth energy towards the relationship. Is it a relationship? And I got mixed answers. Some people said, yes, that's a relationship. Some people said, no, that's not a relationship. And so I ask you this. If in a conversation, only one person is talking, is that a conversation? The answer is no, it's a monologue. 
So anytime there's feedback, there's a sender and a receiver. So if the receiver is not in a place to listen and to have a, have a conversation, right, which is what communication is about, then it's a monologue, then it's not really feedback, it's not really a conversation. Same with a relationship and same with your well-being, your well-being is your relationship, your commitment, and your investment in yourself. And so we have to know our why. We have to know our why so that we can remember what's our motivation. And we have to have direction, and we have to put forth time, energy, focus, attention into it. So motivation has consequences because it helps establish how we're interacting with each aspect of ourselves and with other people. This is where knowing your intention is so important. What is your intent? Or my intent is to lose weight. Great. Now you know your motivation. Now you know what the steps that you need to do and you have your equation, motivation plus momentum. Sometimes we don't know, right? We have to work with this colleague or we're in a weird place in our relationship with our partnership, with our, with our spouse, or we're in transition with our children, you know, from when the time they're kids to when they're preteens to when they're young adults to, to when they're, you know, adults on their own. <clears throat> but feedback allows us to know <laughs> where we are, how much momentum is there, what's the motivation, what's the intent, and a lot of times feedback is given because something needs to change. And something always needs to change. <clears throat> I had this conversation with my son about, well, when are we done, you know, working on ourselves? When are we done? Like, when, when, when do we get to just coast? And I said, we don't. We're always changing. We're always adapting. Contexts are changing. Situations are changing. Seasons of life are changing. And that's the beauty of life, <laughs> We, it's never too late to begin the work, and there's always something to do. This is the beauty of your brain and how it has the ability of neuroplasticity, but that's on you. So John Maxwell, whom I love and listen to often, um, says people change for four reasons. So Listen to this and see if it becomes a motivator for you. Remember, we have to find the motivation to want to hear feedback or listen to feedback. So the four reasons people change. The first reason is when a person hurts enough, they have to. And most of us do not begin a health, uh, a self-growth journey or a self-development journey unless we're pushed there. Because when we're comfortable, we're coasting. This is why it's so important to make yourself uncomfortable at least once a day, whether it be through working out to improve your, your cardiac health or to make yourself stronger or to improve your flexibility, right? None of that is comfortable. None of that is comfortable. You have to make yourself uncomfortable every single day just a little bit. Also, to remember your humil to, to remember to be humble, to, re to remember that it's okay to not be perfect, when we try and have an attachment to being perfect, then the expectations upon ourselves, our feedback's always going to be negative towards ourselves and it's going to be affected. So when a person hurts enough, they have to. It's probably the most common reason. The second reason people change is when they see enough, they're inspired to. 
this is those aha moments that Oprah coined, right? Oh, it clicked. Oh, that makes sense now. When they see enough, they're inspired to. And inspiration is one of the biggest um, creators of momentum. Inspiration creates passion, and then it doesn't feel like work. The third reason people change is when they learn enough that they want to. So I've learned enough to know I'm not participating in conflict. It's just not worth it to me. Now, if you want to have a healing conversation or if you want to work towards repairing a relationship or repairing a mistake, that's different than participating in conflict. So when they learn enough that they want to. But if we're not in motion, in consistent commitment to being better, to listening to others, to listening to ourselves, how are we going to learn in the first place? And the fourth reason people change is when they receive enough that they're able to. So lack of resources and lack of tools, in my opinion, is the number one reason why people are in such a state of suffering in 2022. We don't have enough investment in mental health. We don't pay enough attention to it when kids are growing up and they're schooling. In my opinion, every single child, just like they learn how to read and do math and learn about how you know science makes life function in, in biology and in nature, just how they learn those things that are fundamental in their ability to engage in the world... We need to teach them emotional intelligence. We need to give them tools and resources to understand how a human functions. So lack of resources, a, a lack of, of being able to know what is happening and how do I deal with this is, it, is the number one reason why we see angry people, why we see suffering, why we see disease that could be prevented. So knowing why people change also allows you to give better feedback, right? Because you're giving them a why. Hey, I want to let you know, um, I don't know what your intent was, but I care about our relationship enough for you to um, know how this made me feel. So I'm giving them a why, right? I care about our relationship. I want you to see my hurt, so that we can work through it together. I'm giving them that why. When we don't try to work things out with people, when they're willing, remember, the receiver has to be willing, then what happens is this overthinking or rumination, right, where we just turn situations of what people said or what happened over and over in our head and create more emotions and moods for ourselves. So, what happens when we don't deal with our own internal feedback is that we start to interpret things. And if we interpret things without clarity, then we're making up stories, right? We're creating our own movie of drama. We can also start to judge without knowing the full story. And this becomes hurtful. So I got a comment that said, some people can only survive by being in conflict. Yes, there's a lot of people that are addicted to conflict, especially in codependency. She says, and then we get caught in the momentum and drown. 
Yes, because when you're only fighting and in conflict, it becomes exhausting and it doesn't take you anywhere. You're the rat on the wheel that just runs and runs and runs and runs and runs. So somebody says, how can I talk about this without setting myself up to be killed? <laughs> so we're going to talk about receiving feedback and, and, and giving feedback um, here in a moment. That's a great question. So before we do that, let's talk about why we avoid it, why people avoid being the sender of feedback and why people avoid being the receiver of feedback. So fear manifests in us in different ways. So we know that annual reviews are coming up. We know that family reunions are coming up. And people sometimes, you know, I remember there's just these people in my family that no matter what, they always have negative feedback, right? So you know that it's coming. Or you know that in your job, they're only going to focus on your weaknesses and your lacks instead of what you are doing right in the feedback. So this causes us to be fearful, to be anxious. And how fear of conflict manifests is either by emotional suppression. So it's not happening, right? I'm not going to deal with it. I'm going to dissociate from it. I'm going to pretend it's not happening. I'm going to stonewall it. Or we become paralyzed because we don't want to be disappointed in ourselves or we don't want to disappoint others. Or we sidestep things and we maybe approach other things, but not the real issue that needs to be approached. And what happens then is it blows up later. That's that pot boiling and boiling and boiling. And eventually it's going to blow up. And it's not going to blow up about the issue that should have been addressed. It's going to blow up at something else. And then there's silently resenting unresolved issues. This is, this is what hurts us physically the most and what creates tension and resentments in relationships. So it reinforces that story that we're creating because we don't have clarity. It's really, really important to know where the other person's coming from and why they're showing up that way. So we avoid conflict to minimize perceived threats to our sense of well-being or our self-esteem or our sense of safety. But if we set ourselves up prior to receiving feedback and we get ahead of our emotional response by planning for the best and worst case, best case they're going to tell me I'm doing a fantastic job, worst case they're going to tell me it's horrible and I'm fired. And you're going to speak these thoughts aloud and practice because that way you're preparing yourself, you're being proactive, and you get ahead of the emotional response, and you try to show up in a neutral way, saying, I already know what could come at me, the worst and the worst. I am prepared. I'm ready. I'm strong, and I can do this. And then you remember that feedback is a gift. It's a gift because a lot of times we don't realize the impact we're having on others or on a situation Sometimes we don't realize what a great impact we're having. Sometimes we don't realize that what we said to somebody hurt them or confused them or wasn't clear. And feedback is always a risk. When you're, the feed, when you're giving the feedback, it's always a risk. When you're receiving the feedback, it's a risk if you're unprepared. But if you reframe if you reframe receiving feedback into an opportunity to grow and an opportunity to actually be able to listen and not react, right? Remain neutral and remain open. 
Because all of our experiences, the good and the bad, especially the bad, are opportunities for us to grow. We need these. Remember, we need mistakes. We need to know what our mistakes are. It's how we respond to these mistakes that shows our real character. So you want to make sure when you are receiving this feedback that you're prepared that you're reframing, but also that you're asking clarifying questions, that you're listening in an active way and, and, and saying to that person, what I hear you saying is, this is where we go from writing our own story and being mind readers to getting the facts and being objective. We go from reactivity to rationality and objectivity. This is how we change from doing what we've been doing to trying a new approach. This is how problems get solved. And so when we're giving feedback, it's important to know the person on the other end, even if we're going to tell them they're doing a great job, they're experiencing this fear, this anxiety, this not knowing. And so we need to keep that in mind and make sure it's a good time for them. Make sure that they're in a place to listen. I don't know how often it's been when somebody will call me that I care about deeply and I'm in the middle of something and I don't not want to answer them because I want them to feel seen and heard, but I really don't have time to process and pay attention to what their grievance is or what they're trying to share with me. And so being upfront and honest with people when they're giving you feedback and saying, you know what, I care about what you have to say. I want to have this conversation, but this is not a good time for me because I can't give you my full attention. So if you're really present with Am I, do I have the energy? Sometimes you're just drained, especially at the end of the year or or if it's your busy time of year or if you have emotional stressors, be upfront and honest. I don't have the, the mind real estate right now to really have this conversation. I care about it and I wanna have it, but it's not a good time for me. And be honest. Otherwise, that person is gonna be wasting their time trying to give you feedback. So when you're giving feedback, make sure that it's a good time for that person and make sure that you're doing it in a space where they feel safe. So not in your territory, not in your office, not in your house, not in a place that you choose, but in a place that probably they choose where they feel safe. Psychological safety is what we need in order to be able to have these conversations that actually take us to progress, take us to solutions. So make sure that they, they're in that space and, and voice that, you know, are you comfortable? Is this a good time? Those are important things to build that trust because when we have trust, we're more likely to take the feedback and listen to the feedback and not become defensive. Yes, it is a natural reaction to become defensive when somebody's giving you feedback because it's about you and it's about our self-worth and it's about our abilities. It's about what we did. <clears throat> So a really easy way to remember how to actually voice that feedback is to watch your tone. People remember how you make them feel more than your words. So use a comforting tone, be reassuring with the way that your body language is and how you're expressing yourself. And remember the sandwich method. So the sandwich method is complimenting, letting them know, this is the top part of the sandwich, letting them know why they matter to you, how you value them. And the meat part is the actual feedback. And then 
the other part of the sandwich, the bottom of the sandwich, is again, how you care, why they matter, how you hope that this can be constructive and you can move forward. And that's the sandwich of feedback. (coughs) So it could look something like, I'm telling you this because I value our relationship. Or, you know, if you're giving um, an annual review or feedback to a colleague or a staff member, it's all the awesome things that people say about them, what they contribute. You know, we really love your humor. We really love how great you've been doing on these projects. And this should be continuous in a relationship. This is how you water a relationship, whether it's a um, business relationship or a personal relationship or a relationship with your children. You should focus on what's working all the time, not just in times of conflict or in times where feedback is needed. This is how trust and respect is built. So you always want to make sure you give them the benefit of the doubt. Because remember, you don't know what's happening in that person's life. You don't know why they showed up in a certain way or why they said something. You don't know if they think they're being so clear and they're not being clear at all. So you want to give them the benefit of the doubt by saying something like, I'm not sure if this is your intention. I wanted to share how, whatever it is, made me feel or how it turned out in the project or how it aligned with our objectives or whatever. So you're allowing for them to give you their full picture for you to get the whole picture instead of you just responding based on the limited information that you have, because there's always more information before you can really assess the situation. And this is often forgotten. You can also say things like, I felt like it was important for you to know how I felt so that we can keep open communication in our relationship or so that we can heal what happened or so that we can not make the same mistakes in the project or, you know, stop making the client mad or whatever it is. But try to be as neutral as positive. Never point the finger because that will bring defensiveness up. And there's two phrases that I love, that I love, love, love when you're giving any sort of feedback, even if it's like a to-do list, like to my kids, like these are your chores or to your husband saying, you know, this isn't working lately or to a staff member or to, to anybody. And it's two questions. Does that match what you need? If you're answering a question or you're giving them feedback, does that match what you need? They're like, "Mm, no, not really. I don't understand where this is coming from or or why this is said or whatever. Or I don't have the resources. I can't vacuum because the vacuum isn't working. Whatever. Does this match what you need? Is there anything else you need for this to work? And then did I miss anything? Because when you let others know that you too make mistakes, that you too miss things, it allows them to know that you're not coming at them from I'm better than you or you're wrong and I'm right. Anytime we approach feedback with the mentality of you're wrong and I'm right, we're not going to get what we want out of it because it's going to bring up fear. And inevitably what fear does every single time is lead us to a false reality. When we're letting fear be our guide, we're not living in the present. We're not living in the real reality. We're living in a false reality. We're being blinded by those low vibrations that causes confusion and reactivity. So 
Remember that there's healthy and unhealthy relationships. In healthy relationships, people are going to be willing to listen. They're going to be capable of looking at themselves. And in unhealthy relationships, they're going to be defensive. They're going to counterattack. They're going to try to change the subject. Or they're going to be dramatic and rage and, 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 and create more tension instead of trying to move towards a solution. So if you are giving feedback and this happens, somebody is continuously defensive, they counterattack, they continuously try to change the subject or are dramatic and say things like, well, if that's how you feel about me, then leave. Or, you know, if I'm so terrible, blah, blah, blah. That's when you stop. You're talking to a wall. Move on. Take care of yourselves. Move forward. So the last thing I want to mention to you is a really great technique that I use often. And it's how do I feel about this person, this relationship, this situation, this decision. And I ask myself on a scale of 1 to 10. And if it's below 5, I ask myself, how do I need to show up differently or what needs to change? That's when we see, oh, okay, every time I interact with this person, I'm at a three or a two or a one or a zero. This is unhealthy. Why do I keep doing the same thing? They don't need to be part of my life. They're not worth my time. But if every time I interact with you or have a conversation with you, I'm at an eight or a nine, those are my people. Those are the choices I need to repeat. So ask yourself, how do I feel about on a scale of one to 10? Write it down. Keep track. Remind yourself. So remember, we cannot solve our problems with the same thinking we use to create them. We've talked about today how important feedback, your internal feedback is, the external feedback you get, and actually listening to the people that care about you so that you know how you're affecting them. That's how you create different circumstances. That's how you help yourself. That's the best way to make your New Year's resolutions around. What has been working? What has not? What do I need to let go of? What do I need to keep? And I want to wrap up this, sh this show with a beautiful poem that I love. I keep it in my office, and it's by Buddha. And if you know me, you know I'm a big meditator. And uh, I, I, I've seen and believe in the power of mindfulness and meditation. So I'm going to read it to you and leave you with that. Remind you that you can always reach out to me on LinkedIn, Tatiana Miller. Just type in Tatiana Miller or Tatiana Miller, How to Be Human. Send me your questions and your ideas uh, if you ever have any. Um, but here it goes. So it says, all that we are is a result of what we have thought. The thought manifests as the word. The word manifests as the deeds. The deeds become our habits. Habit hardens into character. So watch the thought and its way with care and let it spring from love born out of concern. So when we remember that we have the ability to dial up those moods or dial down those moods, to dial up those emotions or dial down our emotions, and we have the power to change our way of thinking, it changes the deeds that we do. It changes the habits that we have that are taking us towards well-being or away from well-being. And so this is what we should be paying attention to right? That feedback that we get from those that we love and that we care about and that we're around and that we get more importantly from ourselves. And when we start to do that, we start to see different results. We start to see the power to change. We start to see the consequences of manifesting what we want our life to be like.
and it is possible. And I encourage you to focus on it during this holiday season when things can get hard. And I thank you and wish you a wonderful weekend. From Burleson to Venus and Grandview to Godley, this is the voice of Johnson County. Joko Community.